All right. Well, today we continue our series, um, Hard to Believe. And today we're going to talk about do all roads lead to God? That is something that our society and probably a lot of people that you work with, a lot of people that maybe you go to school with, believe that all roads lead to God. Hopefully this morning I want to show you why that statement cannot be true. That statement absolutely cannot be true. And so today, if you have the Bible app and you log into our live event, you can take notes and follow along. Or if you just want to take notes on your own, some of you can kick it old school, right, with paper and pen and follow along. But when people say all roads lead to God, I think really what we're saying is this. I think we're saying, I really don't have time and I'm not interested in studying all of the differences and I'm not interested in figuring everything out. And so, you know, as long as you believe something, you're good. Well, here's the problem. There's not a single religion that believes that. And so, simply by saying that, you've created your own religion. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't trust myself enough to create my own religion and my own belief system. Abdu Murray, who was a uh, the number one corporate lawyer in the state of Michigan and Islam, now gave all of that up, and he is an apologist uh, for Christianity and travels to various universities and debates um, professors and so on as a Christian apologist. He says this. He says, only by recognizing their fundamental disagreements can we take different faith systems seriously and respectfully. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to respectfully and seriously look at this statement that all roads lead to God. So if we're going to do that, let's examine just for a moment this idea that we're going to heaven when we die, that there is a world beyond, because if you believe in religion, you believe in a world beyond the natural world. And so what do they say? What do the various religions say about entrance into heaven? Well, Christianity says this. It says that you get to heaven only through Jesus' work on the cross, and you can only be reconciled to God and delight in his presence after death through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Islam believes that in order to get to God, to get to Allah, if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, and God chooses to have mercy on you when you die, you get into paradise. Okay? And so in Islam, it's your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. Uh, In Hinduism, in fact, in Hinduism, you never reach God. You never get to spend eternity with God. There are 330 million gods in Hinduism, right? And so you cannot approach. Now, if you, you put that in perspective, the population of the United States is 350 million. So there are almost as many, almost as many gods in Hinduism as there are people living in the United States. Right? And so you don't really reach the God <clears throat> when you die. Instead, you actually become a God. Or if you aren't good enough or don't, or don't reach a certain state before you die, you come back as something else and you reincarnate. In Hinduism, there's reincarnation based on your karma. And I don't have time to get into all of that. Simply to say that Hinduism and Mormonism, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, believes that when you die, you become a god. All right, And so they are not Christian 
either. But that's a side note. That wasn't in my notes. Uh, Buddhism. Well, in Buddhism, you can't approach God because there is no God in Buddhism. Uh, there is no God. In fact, if uh, let me put this in. How many of you have seen Star Wars or some reference to Star Wars? Let me see your hands. Okay. In Buddhism, actually, Star Wars, this whole concept of the, the force, this living, moving being, this entity that flows through all of us, that's, that is Buddhism. But in Star Wars, they call it the force. That is Buddhism. But when you die, you just, your soul just kind of evaporates into this mysteri- mysterious force, and you just continue to live in this void, but you're not really yourself. You become something else in this void. And in Star Wars, they call it the force. I think that's Literally, I mean, I think that's the way I could explain it to you for you to understand in this short period of time. And so, how can, then, we say that all religions lead to God when two out of the four don't even believe that you will ever experience or even touch God? Right? So, it logically makes no sense. Um, So, to ignore the differences, to ignore the differences in the religions is to disrespect each other Because our differences make us unique. Think about it. What makes you unique from the person sitting next to you? It's the differences. Your commonalities don't make you unique. It's your differences that make you unique. Right? And what do we do? We learn to tolerate the difference. Right? Let me give you an example. Um, When we talk about tolerating differences, can I get a volunteer Preferably somebody from the front row who's like a teenager. Anybody? All right, Bodie, come on up, man. Bodie? Now, I don't know if I can trust you. Where's your mom? Can I trust Bodie with spray paint? Should I trust Bodie with spray paint? He He nodded. Oh, so you're just going for whatever he says. Okay, parent fail right there. Don't just automatically agree with your kid. Well, Bodie, I'm going to trust you to do something for me, okay? Okay. All right, so I'm going to hold this up right here so everybody can see this. Now, I want you to take one can, all right, one color, and I just want you to spray paint a single line, bloop, like that. Okay. Okay, and try to keep it on this side of the poster board. Just real quick, one line. Okay, there's a glass right there. Yeah. All right, give me another color. Spray paint another line. Yep, watch the glass. Okay, very good. All right, now give me the other color. Okay, now, Bodie, are all three of these different? Yes. Yes, they are. How do you know they're different? Because they're each different colors. They're all different colors, right? They're all different. Now, <clears throat> do you, what's, your, what's your least favorite color up here? What's the, what's the one color you're like, I don't like that color? Red? Red? Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. I'm okay. Sure. All right. Well, is that why you don't like the red? No. Oh, okay. All right. So to look, at, Bodie, if you're to look at this poster board, what's the one color you have to tolerate? Red. Red, right? Red. Now, I think what's happened in our society, though, you ready for the fun part? Mm-hmm. I want you to take all three colors, and I want you to just spray all three of them in the same spot. Okay. Just spray them all in the same spot. Give me one all right, give me another one. All right, give me another one. Now, I want you to take your finger, and I want you to mix it around. Right? It is fun, isn't it? Okay, stop. All right. Right? Now, I can't hold it up because it's running. All right. 
I think what's happened in our society is you say, I'm tolerating. But you're not, you're not tolerating. Thanks, man. Sorry, go ahead. Good job, Bodie. Give him a round of applause. We're, we're not tolerating this because we're just combining everything. To tolerate means to identify the differences and to be okay with the differences. But we say, well, I tolerate it, and so I'm just going to put it all together in one lump sum. Well, now, no, 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 you've created a whole different color that never even existed, right? You've gone outside the bounds of what is normal. And so I'm going to lay this here so it doesn't run all over the stage and we get in trouble from the school. Um, So that is not tolerance when you just combine everything. That's called, I'm going to try to say this, okay, it's a big word. It's called homogenization, right? You just, everything homogenizes together and it just looks, it all looks the same. The word tolerance itself, by definition, means to allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something someone doesn't agree with. It means I don't agree with it, but I tolerate it, and, and it, I, I allow it to exist even though I don't agree with it. No one tolerates ideas that are similar to theirs. Think about it. Men, very carefully... When do you tolerate your wife? When you're on a date and everything's going fine or when you have complete disagreement on something? When are you just tolerating your wife? Answer me, men. I dare you. Right? You tolerate your spouse when you completely disagree but you continue to live with them. Right? You tolerate that. You tolerate that. No one has to tolerate an idea that's the same. We don't. Right? Now, What happens, though, what happens in religion, when I say religion, I'm talking about the big five, right, or the big four, Christian, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam. What happens is that people look at it, and this is one of the excuses, and I know because I've had these discussions with people, they'll say, well, all the religions have a golden rule, and all the golden rules say the same thing. So it doesn't matter what you believe, because they all have the golden rule, and that's just pointed. It doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you believe something, everybody's going to end up with God in heaven, in paradise, or whatever you want to call it, right? And so what let's do this morning, let's look at the four golden rules out of all, all four of the holy books, okay? And let's start with Hinduism. In Hinduism, out of the Mahabharata, chapter 5, verse 1517, it says this, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. All right? Buddhism. Out of the uh, Udana Varga, chapter 5, verse 18. Treat others in ways that you yourself would... Treat others in ways that you yourself uh, would not find hurtful. So I apologize for the typo if that's up there. Uh, Islam. Out of the Hadith. Not one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. And then in Christianity, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, all four of these verses, out of all four of these holy books, do teach. At a high level, they do teach a common belief to treat Every human being with dignity, treat every human being with respect, right? They do teach that at a high level. But here's what's interesting. 
Jesus' words are slightly different and extremely profound in comparison. You see, the first three, the Hindu, Buddhism, and um, Islam, Hindu says, do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism, treat others in ways that you yourself would not find hurtful. Islam, you wish for others what you would wish for yourself. These three are all based on what, what philosophy calls a social contract theory. Social contract, you guys didn't know you were going to philosophy class this morning, did you? Social contract theory says this, and we all live it. We all live it. In fact, some of us get offended if social contract theory is not played out. Here's what happens. I do this for you, you should do this for me. Right? Well, I watched your dog while you were on vacation. I asked you to watch my dog, and now you're not going to watch my dog. And so, you know what? That's, I'm offended now because you didn't, I did it for you, but you're not going to do it for me. I'm offended. Social contract theory. Unwritten, the unwritten law that says, if I do it for you, you should do something like that in response to me. That's what those three say. Right? Social contract theory. Okay? But Jesus says something different in his golden rule. He says, now notice the subtle difference, but also notice the profound impact it has. Do to others what you would have them do to you. You do it, but don't necessarily expect it in return. So whether it's Hinduism or Buddhism, it says, do it if you want it done to you. If it would cause pain, don't do it. If it would cause pain to them or cause pain to you, don't do it. Right? It's all based on social contract theory. But Jesus comes along and he says, you do it, and whether they ever do it back to you or not, it doesn't matter. You do it because I've asked you to do it. Jesus takes social contract theory and chucks it out the window and says, no, 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 no. As a child of God, you are to love unconditionally and love no matter what. And so you should treat other people as you would want them to do to you, but don't expect it in return. All other major golden rules from the other major religions say, do it, <coughs> excuse me, and expect it in return. Expect it in return. So all other religions advise self-preservation. Jesus encourages self-sacrifice. Think about that for a minute. The other golden rules Advise self-preservation. Do it to them. Expect it to be done unto you. If it's going to hurt, if it would hurt you, don't do it to somebody else and don't hurt somebody else. And Jesus says, no, 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 we're not talking self-preservation. I didn't come to preserve. I came to sacrifice. And so my followers, I expect sacrifice. You do it to your neighbor, whether your neighbor ever does it in return to you or not. Self-sacrifice. It's the way of Christianity. Doesn't Jesus say, come to me? Pick up your cross? That's what he says. Jesus says, come to me, pick up your cross, get on your own personal cross, and begin to die daily so you can follow me. Jesus says self-sacrifice, not self-preservation. It's the uniqueness of the words of Jesus Christ. And so one of the things that people point out is, well, they all have the golden rule. And from a high 30,000-foot view, yes, but when you start digging in the weeds and you start looking at what actually is being said, Jesus' words are, even though slightly different, extremely profound. 
sacrifice. Sacrifice yourself. Sacrifice whatever it is for your neighbor, whether they ever do it to you or not. <clears throat> say, Tyson, that's great, but why, why can't all religions be true? Why can't all religions be true? Well, there is this thing called the law of non-contradiction. Oh, philosophy again, sorry. Law of contradiction. Law of non-contradiction, sorry. Law of non-contradiction says this. If I'm standing here on stage, and I say, and I look at you, and I say, you know what? It's really great to be in the commons today. I am so glad that I'm standing today in the commons area, and you guys have joined me in the commons area, and we can have donuts here in the commons. You guys would start looking at me like, wait a minute, does he even know where he's at? Right? Have you ever been to a concert and the lead singer, like you ever gone to a concert in Indianapolis and the lead singer goes, how you doing Seattle? And everybody's like, because I went to a concert like that one time and I thought, yeah, he did too many drugs backstage before he came out. Right? You're like, you're like okay, I know you guys travel a lot. You should at least for one night know what city you're in. It's the law of non-contradiction. It cannot be true that I am on stage and in the commons at the same time. If I started talking about being in the commons right now, you'd look at me like, what? You do that when a, when a lead singer says that, right? And it goes viral on, on the internet. They're like, oh, wait. It's a law of non... It, it cannot be true that I am on stage and in the commons area at the same time. It's true in reality. It's true in philosophy. Two contradictory statements cannot be true at the same time. Right? Truth, by definition, is exclusive. How many of you have kids? Let me see your hand. <clears throat> How many of you have this app where you follow your kids around and you can see where they go? Now, let me tell you the problem with that app. Teenagers, close your, plug your ears. They can tell you they're going over to Bob's house and leave their phone at Bob's house. And then take off and go someplace else. But you didn't hear me say that. Right? Because while it looks like truth that they're at Bob's house, they're really not at Bob's house. Why didn't you answer your phone? Why didn't you respond? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just turned it off. And I just, or I just put it on vibrator. I just, you know, whatever. Right? Now, how many of you parents for a moment, for a moment, would say, well, that's okay. You know, what, wherever you go is fine. The important thing is that you're just out there and you're just having fun and you're just enjoying yourself. No parent would ever do that. That's called parent fail, right? That's called parenting fail. Or my day, right, like when you didn't have phones, and, and so, like, I am so... How many of you are thankful that there was no social media growing up as a kid because you know... Yeah, see, because you all know you'd be in jail right now, <laughs> right? And you'd be social media shamed for something. And so, in my day, it was like, hey, I'm going to... I want to go see... I'm going to go watch Toy Story in the theater, right? And then you, like, you sneak off over to the other one and go watch, like, Halloween or, like, Jason or something, right? And your parents think you're watching Toy Story, but you're really, I don't even know if those two movies even came out at the same time. I'm just trying to make a point, right? And so you go, and you tell your parents it's going to be one theater, but you're not. Now, is it true that you're watching Toy Story? No. Truth is mutually exclusive. Truth is exclusive, by its very nature. So, <clears throat> can all religions be true? Well, let's look at it for a minute. 
If you were raised in church or familiar with this story, if you're not, I'm going to tell you the story. But as Jesus goes into Jerusalem, something happens, right? He's riding on the donkey. And the crowd, the Bible says the crowd starts to lay palm branches in front of Jesus, like worshiping Jesus. Now, in Judaism, there is only one being that is worthy to have palm branches laid in front of them and walk upon the palm branches and not walk upon the dirt of the ground. It's Yahweh. It's God. And so here is Jesus riding on a donkey, walking on palm branches. And Jesus makes this comment. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they realize this. They're like, wait, wait, you can't be laying palm branches in front of this guy. This guy's not God. And yet we discovered last week that Jesus clearly claimed to be God. And we examined those claims last week. Then Jesus says this in Luke 19, verse 40. He says, if, or he says, I tell you, if these were silent, talking about the people praising him, if these people were silent, the very stones would cry out, saying that if, na- if humans do not worship me, nature will begin to cry out and worship me, because I am God, right? He says, nature, the very stones, the very nature of the earth will begin to worship me, if these people do not worship me. Now, is that a true statement? That depends on what you believe. But if we go over to the Quran, because the Quran believes, right, and Islam believes that nothing can touch Allah, nothing should be able even be elevated to Allah's status. So they do not believe that Jesus was God whatsoever. They believe he was a prophet, right? And so in the Quran, it says this about worshiping another human as God, right? The Quran in Surah chapter 19, verse 89 through 92 says, The skies are ready to burst, the earth to split asunder, and the mountains to fall down in utter ruin. Basically saying that if anybody or anything is worshipped as God, the earth will self-destruct. Well, Jesus says... I am God, and if you don't worship me, the earth will begin to worship. The Quran says, if you worship Jesus as God, the earth will self-destruct. Well, they both can't be true. The earth is either going to worship Jesus as God, or the earth is going to self-destruct. You have two mutually exclusive statements about worshiping Jesus as God, and truth is mutually exclusive. It has to be one or the other. I can't be watching Toy Story and watching Friday the 13th. I'm either in one theater or in the other. I'm either on the stage or I'm in the commons area. Truth is mutually exclusive. Right? The question is, what do you believe? So when Jesus comes along and he says in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. That's it. You cannot get to heaven. You cannot have a relationship with God unless you come to me. That's either true or it's not. Truth is mutually exclusive. Jesus is either telling the truth or he's lying. And if he's lying, he's not a good man. If he's telling the truth, he's God. You have to make that decision for yourself. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this. Salvation 
is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The book of Acts says, you're not getting to heaven in any other way. So does it matter what you believe? Do all roads lead to God? No. They all claim, all religions claim exclusivity. All of them claim to be the way to God. Our job is to study and find, okay, which one logically begins to make sense? Which one speaks to me? Because in Christianity, Christianity is the only, only religion that says you can have a relationship with God. It's the only one that says you can have a, re, a relationship where you talk to God and God talks back to you. Where you can live every day, live out your life in a relationship with the creator. As we saw, two of them don't even really believe in God. One believes that he is so far above us and so far out there that we have to work our tail off to get to him. I have compared this and, and I've had students ask me, What's the difference between Christianity and Islam? And I've put it like this. How many of you have ever had a crush in junior high? Let me see your hand. You had a junior high crush. And you're like, man, woo, she or he's hot, right? Now, how many of you have been in a relationship? How many of you got lucky enough to actually get to date the person that you thought was, like, on fire? Let me see your hands. Okay, there's, you see, yeah, the hands, number of hands went down. But here's the difference between Christianity and Islam. Islam says if, I'm, if my good outweighs my bad, I'll get in. It's like this. Christianity says doesn't matter. You do what's asked of you because you love God and he loves you. Here's the difference. I have a crush on a girl, right? Her name's Lynn. Now, before we get into a relationship, I'm doing all of these good works hoping she'll accept me. I'm working my tail off. I'm sending flowers. I'm writing notes. I'm doing everything I can do to get her to accept me. And so I do the good works to get accepted. Right? That's like Islam. Christianity says this. Christianity says, no, 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 no. You're already in the relationship. There's already love existing. All you have to do is accept it. Get into the relationship, and then, because your love for God grows, and because God puts his Holy Spirit in you, because you have a working relationship, and you're in the relationship, now I send flowers and write notes and do stuff because I'm in love, and I'm in the relationship. One sits outside the relationship trying to get accepted. One is already accepted and feeding and growing a relationship. That's the difference. From a 30,000 philosophical view, that's the difference between Islam and Christianity. One's trying to get accepted. One says, no, no, I'm already accepted. I'm in. I just got to love. And if I don't have the love in me, I can ask him to give me love, and he will pour his love into me. That's the difference. Do all religions lead to God? It's impossible. It's impossible. Right? So in closing, like I said, in Hinduism, you become a god. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you become a god when you die. You get your own, actually in Mormonism, you actually get your own planet when you die. Um, in Buddhism, you don't really, you just evaporate into this void, and I'll reference the force from Star Wars, because that's exactly what it is. That's how they look at it, right? 
Islam claims that Jesus was only a good messenger. Christianity makes the claim that not only was Jesus God, but he wants to have a relationship with you through the empowering of the Holy Spirit so that you can live forever with him. And so out of that relationship, you begin to do good works because you love him, because you're accepted. So the decision for you this this morning is this. Do you want the relationship with your creator that God offers through Jesus Christ? Do you want that relationship? Because Christianity is the only world religion that offers relationship with the creator. Think about that for a minute. The exclusivity of Christianity says, no, 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 no. God loves us. He became one of us. This morning, as you go ahead and stand up, as you stand up this morning, as we close in prayer, I want you to think about that. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man can come to the Father except through me. It's not about your good deeds outweighing your bad deeds. It never was, nor will it ever be. It's about saying, God, I want to love you, and I want you to love me in return, and I want to enter into this relationship with you because you loved me first. If you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think about your relationship with your creator. Is it there? Or are you just trying to do enough good works in your life hoping that eventually God will accept you? That's not what the Bible says about Christianity. The Bible says that when we were sinners, while we were still dying in our sin, trying to do life our way, he came and died for us so that we could live with him. I'm going to ask Aaron and Lori to come down here and if I can get Steve and Bonnie to come down on this side. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never accepted that relationship, you can do one of two things this morning. One, and I would strongly encourage, just step out. Nobody's looking at you. That's why people got their eyes closed. The heads are bowed. I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come down here. And I want you to say, you know what? I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want him to forgive me of my sins so that I can walk with him through all of eternity. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything else, I want you to come forward. The second thing, if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, if you don't feel you can come forward, go to the connect table, fill out a blue card, put it in the connect box that you want to accept Christ. And I'll call you this week. I'll just, we'll just talk. We'll just talk over the phone or we'll meet and have coffee and have a conversation. But I want to give you that opportunity today.